Right, we are back with the Only Swans podcast. It has been three weeks. What has been going on, Will? Why have we not done one? I went on holiday and we had technical difficulties, let's say that. Yeah, to be fair, not even excuses. I mean, there has been a lot of games in these few weeks, so it's been hard to film anyway, but yeah. it doesn't help. Sure. The editor's uh, broadband. Yeah. He's had a shambles with that in the last week, so we'll blame that. ASCFC's Wi-Fi. Not good. Not good. Like the Swans, you know. We are sat very low in the table at the moment. What's going on? We've got a lot to cover. We've obviously, we haven't done a podcast since uh, preview to the Rotherham game. And uh, that that didn't go as we pleased. We we said we'd thrash them. But I I think... Ogbeen scoring was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but other than that, it wasn't really that deep because it was first game of the season. I mean, I wasn't too worried. Yeah, I wasn't remotely worried after that game. I thought, you know what, not many teams are going to go away from home and take a point from like a newly promoted team first game of the season, especially seeing like Darlin scoring, you know, and the fact we could have won, you know, that Oberfemi setter. It's quite hard not to talk about that when you're talking about that Rotherham game how did he mess up I know but I feel like he made up for it with that assist at Blackpool yeah to be fair to be fair and then you know if we move on from Rotherham you know Rotherham pretty cut and dry game everybody remembers that Blackburn absolute battering that was a shambles I, I, I didn't watch it I'll be honest I've only watched the highlights but even from that it was so slow. We're trying to do this style of football. There's no point in doing it slowly. If you do, if you do it slowly, you're going to get no end product. They're going to realise what we're doing and it's going to be found out so easily. It was pretty atrocious. I mean, my live was kicking off. Kicking off. It has been for the last few weeks, but that game did not help at all. Jesus. We were so... I don't know. We were just so very... As you said, slow. We were just really slow. We had no intent. There was like... It's been the same every game, pretty much. It's been like a five, ten minute period. We've created loads of chances and it's looked really promising. And then it's just gone to shit again. I'd say, you know, I don't I don't really know why I think we do lack a lot of chance creation in this team at the moment. Whether that's because Pato has been out and we do lack a bit of... We do lack end product. You know, when Piro's not outperforming XG, we are struggling. The thing, thing is, though, with Blackburn... Like, I did kind of expect it because I feel like they are going to do well this season. And the the way we play, like we're set up going forwards, as soon as they win the ball back, they are so dangerous going forwards that yeah. like, it would be different. They have firepower, you know, like they just punished us. It wasn't even like they battered us. That's the thing. Like, you know, you say that after every game that we never get battered and we just can see chick goals because it's true. But at the end of the day, that game was just counter-attack after counter-attack. When you have a player like Broughton Diaz on the counter-attack, you're going to batter a team on you, especially a team like us who, let's face it, we aren't. We still aren't the best defensive unit, even if we brought in, what, three new defenders? You know, we're still not fantastic at the back yet. I none think Darlin's coming into it, but... None of them are trademark signings, I feel. I feel like they were just for squad depth. I didn't. I didn't expect Nathan Wood to be starting as soon as he was, but yeah. he's great in there. And he, to be fair, I'm I'm impressed with him so far for his age and everything like that. But 
I do feel like we definitely need another centre back, another right, but obviously the right wing back issue, the right back issue, and then a bit more squad depth in centre mid because Jay Fulton's not good enough in my opinion. I feel yeah. like um, in the nicest way possible because I love him, but I can't see him being good enough even as a squad rotation player anymore. I think we're fine sort of at the back, you know, with Darling and that. when Cabango comes back to full, full fitness, because obviously you've got to remember he's not fully fit still. Norton didn't play against Luton because he picked up a knock and then he came on at halftime. Like, this squad, half the problem is, I think, tactically, we aren't really certain what we're doing. Like, I think we change between the four-back and the three-back a lot. And it works to an extent. Like, I think it works, like, from an attacking perspective, but it is quite hard to change from a three-back to a two-back. You know, it's not like a cut-and-dry move for centre-halves. When you're playing in the middle and you have to move wide, it's not easy. Yeah, I still feel like the team's kind of trying to find that perfect balance, the perfect formations playing. And I see yeah. why I get frustrated because, like like everyone was saying last season, oh, we just need a pre-season. Now that's been and gone. And we still don't seem settled or don't seem to have found that way of playing that like obviously not the style of football, but the formation, the players who go into that those positions doesn't seem to be settled yet at all. It is very frustrating. I think we have looked awful in parts, but again, you know, we I think we overestimated a lot. The process, you know, I think when Martin came in he didn't say that by the second season we'd be winning the league. Like that was just the players hyping that up. And I think, you know, we're still trying to work it out. We've lost a key player in Downs, let's face it, huge key player. And we've brought in a fair few new players who need to get used to the system. Like Woods, as you said, I didn't expect him to be starting. He's practically what Cabango was at the start of last season when everybody thought, you know, Cabango isn't going to make it really in the system. He is exactly like Cabango at the moment. I think Darlin's coming into it now. He's very good driving forward on that, you know. And then obviously the addition of Joe Allen. He didn't play the Blackburn game. He didn't play the Rotherham game. But he came on against Blackpool, didn't he? And he came on against Oxford and the Cup was his first game back. And I also think that we've not realised, like obviously we knew how good Lim was, but not how much we actually needed him in the middle of the park. Yeah. Matt Grimes, great player. Last season we were saying he's pretty much a similar player to Matt Grimes, so there's not much point having them both there. But now Flynn's gone, I think we've realised how good, like how lucky we were to have them both on the pitch. Yeah, hundred percent. I think in the middle we've looked okay, just because Allen is such a good player. But at the same time, he isn't fully fit yet. Still, like he still has to come off sixty minutes into the game, which isn't ideal. So. We are preserving him a lot, and I think that is where it, it does affect us. I mean, like, in that Millwall game, if he didn't come off, maybe we wouldn't have conceded to lay on. I wouldn't. I would have brought him off just because I'd rather him not get injured, miss the World Cup, and miss the rest of the season. But, you know, it is an issue, isn't it? We do need more depth in that midfield. If we're going to bring him off, we need to bring someone on who is suitable. The bottle in the two goalies are just... So frustrating, purely because everyone watches us pass the ball around like with ease and with composure for the whole 89 minutes or whatever it is. And then as soon as we feel like the whistle is going to come 
but in the next few minutes they just go to the beach this is i don't yeah. know they just lose all focus and like you can't be doing that as we've seen we've bottled it both against oxford and Millwall now and that's frustrating because we can pass it sideways do the boring bits during the game but not in the last five minutes when it actually matters yeah like we'll go back to blackpool but if we talk about that Millwall game i mean it isn't really something you want to be doing i think if it was like a one-off, I'd maybe accept it. I think it's football at the end of this, the championship. Things like that do happen, but we do it a lot. We did it a lot last season. We did it Reading, three goals up. Bournemouth, we were three goals up. And then, you know, was it last Tuesday? We were fucking two goals up. 90th minute. It wasn't even like they scored in the 70th. You know, 92nd minute they scored. And you knew when the first one went in, you knew the second one was going to come too. You just knew. That's it. They all they all lose composure after the first goal, and just crumble like as everyone was saying on Twitter, giving the ball away from kickoff when you just like if you're on FIFA, you do yeah. that. You just pass it around the back for the last two minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's what QPR did against City, like when they won the Aguero with that Aguero goal, they booted it back to them. And it's like, why would you give them the ball back when we're winning? Especially a team like us who promotes possession constantly. Why would you give them the ball back then? But I suppose it does make sense because technically maybe they wouldn't have expected them to get up the pitch so easy. But when they have so much aerial threat, you won't want to, you won't want to risk it. You'd rather keep the ball. Which, you know, is it is awkward. But again, that game, we were quality. You know, I think... A lot of people are questioning the way we're playing. A lot of people are questioning the system. But literally, the game before last, that Millwall game was, we were so good. That is like some of the best football I've watched us play under Martin. I think the fact it was just two own goals made everyone over. Yeah. If it wasn't two own goals, say two Millwall players scored, I feel like people would have been a bit less embarrassed about it. Yeah. Overlooked the rest of the performance. No, it is horrible. Like it, It's such a horrible thing to... You know, to do to draw that game when you're two 0 up in the 92nd minute. But I genuinely don't think I've seen enough people say we genuinely played well there. I think a lot of people are like, I, you know, our fans flip flop a lot. I think they flip flop in and out of in and out with mine. But like, if we're gonna be serious, that game we were fucking unbelievable. And I haven't seen enough people say we were unbelievable. That is, we were really good. And if we go back to that Blackpool game, I mean. I don't know. I thought we were okay. I think we changed it up, didn't we? Four four two. We played something like that. From what I saw, the away and was quite bouncing. But yeah, from what I saw, they they had a lot more of the ball and a lot more like attacking moments than I thought they'd have. I thought we'd be like the first half. We were. We were sat in their half, passing yeah. around, waiting for the click, waiting for the moment to do that key pass. But then in the second half. I can't, I can't remember timing, but roughly 50th to 70th minute or whatever, that 20-minute period, was just mainly them coming at us and then we get the ball, get up yeah. out the bit, give it away, and same again. I think our biggest issue is we're missing a lot of mentality. Like, we, for most of that Blackpool game, I thought, you know, we are going to score you. We were pushing them constantly we were always getting near the box whether or not we were getting a chance was another thing but we were getting in dangerous areas and I think when things don't work for us we don't keep going I think we lose a lot of composure and mentality it's this, it is the same with the Millwall game ultimately but that game in particular I mean 
we were so good for the first half. Then they came back out and we were shocking. We were really bad, you know. Even the goal came from their corner. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. For pressuring us, it was a good chance tipped tipped over by Fisher, I believe, and then out for a corner. And it was a counter. It's counter attack. Yeah. Goals where we put twenty five passes together. It literally kick it up to Oberfemi, let him do his magic, and sweaty it to Winchat, and it was a good goal. Yeah, and that pen save. It did change the game, didn't it? it? Changed the game completely. I think we started playing a bit better again, but it wasn't a pen, was it? So that's the issue. Andy Fisher needed that though. I feel like that's gonna kick start in this season. He needed like Freddie Woodman, he made that save, I think it was at Derby earlier on in the season. Yeah. The up, first up, few games. Onwards he was unbelievable. First couple of games he might have been a bit shaky or whatever, but after that he kicked on and was full. People would disagree, but I think he was one of our best keepers in recent history. Obviously, bar Fabianski. Definitely in the championship. I mean, you look at some of the keepers we've had, 100%. But, you know, Andy Fisher, again, I don't think Andy Fisher is doing that much wrong. I think it's, a lot of people like to complain at the keepers. You know, fair enough. It is it is a very easy position to blame. You'd rather blame a keeper than a centre-back when a goal goes in. But you're looking at that Luton game again. We can see two goals. I hear, I hear people blame the keeper all the time. Neither of them were his fault. Let's be real. The first one, I think, he punched it out. He did punch it out to the, to the guy on the edge of the box. But but that happened. Like, player, everyone saying, oh, that's a brilliant punch. If he didn't punch it out, people would have complained that he didn't punch it out. So it's you know it's a bit of a catch-22 because this guy who sits behind me, he'll complain no matter what Fisher does. You know, the ball's on the edge of the box and he's trying for him to come out like so. You know, that is half the problem. But that Luton game, if we're going to move on to that, that was our last game. That is the most recent game. Then we're caught up. You know, I think... I with that, there was no... Like, when, like Millwall, when they were 2-0 down against us, they were still fighting, fighting. Last, what was it, five, five ten minutes? Yeah. You don't see, you don't see that from us. Yeah, yeah. Our intensity was so poor. We were atrocious. I think, like... You know, when Cam Congreve, who is our age, is coming on the pitch and doing is and is the best player on the pitch, then you've got to question it. He's the he was the only exciting player. He was the only player that I watched and thought, you know, bringing him off the bench is doing us good. At least he's trying to do something. He was he's you know he still lacks a bit of end product, but he is 18 years of age. I mean, to get in positions is good enough at the moment. We need other players to step up in moments like that. Oh, family Piro. You know, we need more players to step up. With Congreve though, the more like like you say, our age, the more minutes he's yeah. gonna get. If give it when he's twenty two, he'll be one of the most experienced in the squad. Yeah, I've seen and people that, saying he should go out on loan, but I don't think so. I don't, he could be in this squad. He's there's no point sending him out on loan. He's good enough for this league, genuinely. Yeah, good enough to start in my opinion, but obviously. With players like Pato and uh, like the the system we play for playing five in the back, with yeah. Backs. It depends what he does. If he wants to play a four three three or four two three one, he fits in. You know, maybe you know we're we're that on our ass wing back wise, and you could probably play him there. Yeah, I, I could see him as a wing back, but giving that responsibility to an eighteen year old is a big ask. Yeah, to be fair, but I mean. Some of the people we've played at wing back so far this season wouldn't be that much of a shock, would it? Yeah, I mean, if we get to the end of the uh, transfer window and 
for some reason we haven't actually signed a right wing back, then why not him and him and Latibodia switch it about, see what happens. Obviously, it's not ideal, but you never know. Runs of form might come into it. And you know, realistically, I'm so unconfident of us signing a wing back. There are plenty of players in the squad. I try that. You know, I know we, I know we do have Manning. I keep him on the left. I think he was atrocious on the right against Luton. He should not be on the right. He's got to stay on the left. After the couple of games before that, I really thought he was going to be. Yeah, yeah. He was unreal against Millwall. He was kicking on, but then. I don't know. On Saturday against Luton, it just seemed like he was kicking the ball anywhere. There was no purpose behind anything he was doing at all. And then, you know, if we're talking about Soren Aula, crikey. <laughs> you know, I thought when I was watching him in pre-season, I thought maybe it's just a bit of nerves. Maybe he'll come into it in the season. But at the moment, it's not looking good. It is not looking good at all, is it? Oh, it's if, maybe if he has a better season... Maybe at the end of the season, like Rusted, you get your franchise card uh, revoked. But at the moment, yeah. MK Scumlack. But yeah. Start. Start. yeah, it's not great at the moment. But I mean, yeah, you know, so many players I'd be willing to give a go. I chuck Ollie Cooper there for Christ's sake. I give any half decent technical player a go at wing back. They don't, you know, if you watch us, our system, our wing backs defend very little. So if we are going to play a five-back, which I don't even think we should anymore, I think we should go into a four-back, I would give someone else a go. I wouldn't keep playing Sokol or a man in for the sake of it. With Joe Allen coming in, he adds a lot more like security for the back three or yeah. four. So the wing-back's pushing on. Like, I don't know, a more attacking wing-back like Ollie Cooper or Cam Conkring probably would work, but we... It's still a lot of responsibility to give the youngsters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they barely played any games, so that is half the issue. If we move on and we'll go for, you know, we ask people on Twitter for questions, as always. And, you know, the people at Twitter have been very vocal recently. I mean, there's a lot going on, isn't there? So, you know, there's a lot of opinions. I mean, we've got God. I've just gone on the account. There are. Quite a few, you know, a few questions. So we'll off, give. Off Go on then. Who's his? What's his name? What's he saying? Hang on, it was Jake SCFC. Would it be ideal to sell for rope? I mean, obviously, fucking not. I'll be honest. But if we have to, we have to. I think it's never ideal to sell your best player. He isn't, you know, he hasn't been great. And you know, I slightly think that's down to. Maybe his head being turned. Maybe we're trying to limit him a bit so he doesn't get sold. Because, you know, in my head, if we're going full conspiracy theory, Bush did 9-11 sort of thing, right? Why would Martin want him to play well and sell him if we're not going to buy players? Yeah, that makes sense. It could so easily happen. And we'd want to bump that transfer fee up and maybe other clubs. He'll be here. He'll be here on September second, and he'll be playing well instantly. You watch straight after deadline day. If he's still here, he'll he'll be playing unbelievable. No doubt you're getting clipped. Exactly. And trust me, hundred percent. This man's not a one season wonder. He is one of the most talented players I've watched. You're gonna be in Watford's announcement video. Oh, that'd be funny. To be fair, I take that. But yeah, you know, it's never ideal to sell Piro, but. 
if we're saying 15 million, if we sell them for 15 million, if we bring in the players we need, you know, if we bring in three, four players, yeah, I'd happily sell Piro for the sake of upgrading the squad. I've said all season, you know, I've always said that if we sell Piro and we genuinely replace him and we bring in other players, yeah. But this financial hole is getting overly used now. It's getting talked about way too much. You know, I don't, don't trust the owners enough to make that big of a sale and actually reuse that money into signing three or four players. I yeah, feel like definitely. Sign a loan, sign a right wing back for about 200k, and then suddenly the money's gone. I don't know where it's gone. Oh, it's just been reinvested into other elements of the club, but it's all bullshit. You, you know, the, the operating costs, I have been very fair to the owners. I think I've defended them a few times operational costs of a club are expensive but not many clubs in this league ever have to sell two key players to bring in more you know i think the flynn downs deal a lot of people are changing the price it's probably about eight million at the moment it can rise to 14 but i don't think it will because he isn't even playing at the moment so we won't get that anytime soon so say it's eight million people were saying the financial was seven we haven't signed a player yet from Flynn down so exactly you know and the fact we need to sell another key asset I think I heard in my head for most this season that we would have to sell one key player I thought that was the like I, I feel like that's what we were told as well like. yeah yeah you know I had in my head either Obafemi, Cabango, Piro or Downs would go I didn't think we'd have to sell two of them that's for sure and I think one yeah. moment Cabango being sold for eight million to West Ham was going to save our summer and we were going yeah to- very good team this season but oh that's it yeah and I think I was saying to let's give Dylan Shaw left six sided and I was saying to him like realistically if we don't sell players now we have say five six key assets next season you're looking at Piro Obafemi you know Grimes will still be a Cabango and then Darlin as well yeah. yeah we have five very good players who we could sell on and then we could replace them. And we could keep doing this until we got to the Premier League. This It's not out of the realms financially. It's what Brentford did. It's what a lot of teams were doing. And this is what we were sort of told that we would be doing. But we're not doing anything like Brentford. Because Brentford would sell and reinvest. Yeah, they'd sell and then sign cheap players who they develop. And they turn out to be actual brilliant signings. But how are we meant to get those signings? Yeah. If if I was a championship owner, I'd be fair. I wouldn't be investing money. But when you look at what Martin has done so far, maybe we're not playing brilliantly on the pitch. But you can't deny that he's made players look good. He's made downs from an under-23 Zipswitch player who's literally training with the under-23s to a Premier League player. He's turned a guy who was playing for PSV Jean into what we were calling a 20 million potentially player. You know, yeah. I would be giving him money. And someone who watched him in John Van Zweden was saying that he was worth signing. Exactly. You know, John Van Zweden probably had genuinely watched him and he called and, him the worst player. Yeah, to be fair, his highlights reel before we signed him wasn't, even for a highlights reel, meant to be good. wasn't. Exactly. You know, and whether you like Rossoman or not, it is true that he has made our players look a lot better and a lot, you know, they look of value. But... That is it. So we'll move on. Someone said, Dylan Sewell, 2 He still hasn't changed his name since our last podcast three weeks ago. Um, Congreve to start against Middlesbrough. We kind of discussed this 
Um, it depends on the formation. If we were to play a 4-2-3-1, stick Pure in the middle, Pato out left, him out right, Obafemi up top, it makes sense. But if we're going to stick with a five, you know, I don't see where he fits unless, well, unless Pato isn't fit, in which case, yeah, I'd play him over on Cham. Maybe. Cham's hit and miss. It depends what in Cham you get in. If you get in... Exactly. Distant in Cham, you can have a nightmare in midfield. If you get the in Cham that we saw at Blackpool, then, well, second half of Blackpool, then I can't see, I can't see why not play him, but Congreve's Welsh and young. It is genuinely a risk with in Cham. He is such a 50-50 player, and I think that one of that 50% is the best player in the league. I mean, I say it all the time, he does genuinely have the potential to be the best player in the league. You know, the Andre Ayew of this team. But at the moment, he's well off it. You know, most games, majority of games, he is well off it. So I'd rather play, you know, a player like Congreve, who's young, who's hungry, than play him and him potentially drop like a stinker or he's walked around the pitch all game. Yeah, I'd say I'd say in terms hungry, but I don't know, I feel... After after that Blackpool game, like the way he celebrated, he obviously looked happy. But that could just be for his own benefit rather than the yeah. team's benefit. Thing. Like it could be self-centered, but we don't know that because we're not behind yeah. the scenes. Right there we go. Another question from Adam Parvin Seven. This might be a hard one for you because he has ball knowledge. But he said, if Martin were to walk, who would be your ideal replacement? Bob Bradley. No. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, you have quite good knowledge of League One, surely. Yeah, sure. Fuck, I, I, Liam Manning, he's probably the most perfect replacement at Milton Keynes, I'll be honest. It's he, not that bad. But <laughs> he wouldn't come, would he? I do quite like Ian Ever. I like Ian Ever, Bolton, but I don't think he'd leave Bolton. Like What I've tried to discuss with a lot of people on my lives and stuff is that it sounds ideal to sack a manager you know, when they're not playing well. But what manager who is better than Russell Mayan will, one, leave their club, two, work on our budget? You know, it doesn't make sense because say we were to bring in uh, Kieran McKenna or Ian Ever, it would mean that we'd have to pay Martin compensation anyway to leave. Then we'd have to pay the, the other club for compensation for the manager. It, it, it's just impossible. It is really impossible. We're not going to find a better manager than Martin who's willing to work with this budget. Like yeah. And the fact that he's just such a top manager who's willing to do this. We saw it with Potter and Cooper. They they left, they got fed up after not being backed. And now look at them, they've gone and proved themselves elsewhere. Well, that's half the problem, in it? I think some of our fans think we have a lot more pull than we do, Yeah. realistically. You know, our poll isn't bad. We've brought in some great managers, but sacking him six games in, we're not finding a better manager. No yeah, way. They're at the Michael Lauder standard, they're not Premier League anymore. And they, I think they're, they think maybe we could get like a, oh, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but it's like an established championship manager who will take us up in one season. That won't happen. Stick with Russell Martin, I promise you. If he left, he'd go and prove himself. If he stays, trust the process. Yeah. Who else do we bring in? Ed Delaney said. I think it's obvious who I'd bring in. I'd, you know, a lot of people are questioning that link to what's his candle. I think he's all right. You know, I've Wolves fans claim he's like their next big prospect. 
Yeah, that could mean fucking anything. Some of the players we've claimed are good from the youth academy, it says enough. But, you know, he's obviously decent because they have some all right youth players. thing is, I'm, t- I'm willing to take any youngster on loan because if they... Even, I know they won't have experience, all of that, but a lot, so many players is unnameable come to the championship without yeah. any... Prove themselves, go back to... Yeah, definitely. And then you look at the right wing back situation. I think Cyrus Christie, there's no other option for me at this point. If we're not going to bring in a loan, Cyrus Christie has to be the one we're bringing in. How he's still a free agent, I don't know. He's probably asking for too much money. But still. We don't have a better option. And we know that he actually likes playing for this club and he's put a shift in. I don't know. I'd look at a loan. There are plenty of decent loan players out there still. But, I yeah. Just depth-wise. Yeah. But not to say, not to be in front of Alan and Grimes, I think that's got to be set. But having Pirot is like the only one who can come on in the 60th minute and see out a game. Fulton. Yeah. Pirot. Pirot and Fulton, how am I getting that mixed up? Yeah, it is an ideal fault. And I mean, Ollie Cooper's been coming on recently, but it would be ideal to get another player in the mix there, definitely. And I still back of striker too. I think Ollie Cooper's good enough, definitely. But yeah, definitely. Not, I just don't think Fulton is good There's a lot of holes in the squad that could easily be plugged through the sale of Piron. Selling 15 million, plug four or five holes. You wouldn't even think there are that many holes in this team, but I mean, there's right wing back, backup midfielder, backup striker. You know, I mean, it's not, it isn't great. There is a lot to be desired in the squad. The thing is, I just feel like we need a creative player, even if it, if it is a striker, if it's a 10 or something, but just someone yeah. who gets you off your feet. We look very flat without Patterson. You know, a lot of people dislike Patterson because he's a bit like, I don't know, sometimes he plays, he thinks he's playing like Messi, but he's playing like Selena. You know, I take a Selena any day of the week, but still, you know, it's that like difference. But his like just ability to create something from nothing is unbelievable. And I think we are missing him big time. You know, he's quite wasteful on times. I'll admit that. I think he is pretty wasteful at times but at the end of the day the, the chances he creates you know we're dying out for him at the moment we just need a player with creativity who gets people off their feet changes the game could either come on late on in a game and change the game or change the game from the start I still can't believe we just didn't go in for lead we must have to be fair but like I can't believe we didn't bring him back just for that just for the fan fan aura I feel like him himself would have come back. But. I've never seen a man get out of the stadium jumping so much. To be fair, maybe we don't want to be doing business for United because they did that to us. But first few, Yeah, true. But it's his first few games straight away came in, made that instant yeah. impact. Didn't even do, not goals and assists-wise or defensive-wise, just every time he's on the ball. But what was it? That game, uh, the video went viral um, where he like, turn someone was it the Bristol City game I have a feeling yeah there's quite there were quite a few games I mean there's the West Brom one you know there's the car even the Cardiff one you know when he was getting the fans up like you rarely see a player like that yeah we need him back for the uh Man United juice on our stat pads that we used to get because that was a good time yeah I missed that we need to sign a player from a big club desperately <laughs> such easy likes when a player plays for a big club isn't it you know 
right i think they're pretty much all the fair questions i mean someone did ask why do fans get players backs and i think that's because our fans are very fickle our fans are a bit ridiculous at times but there we go i think we'll end it off with a quick talk about the football content awards yeah you know you can vote via instagram twitter or their website make sure to vote for only swans if you want to see me and will black tie claiming a trophy you know It'd be a sight to behold, wouldn't it? I mean, who else would give up their time on a Wednesday evening to do a podcast for you? Lot? I think it's fair if we get a vote for it. Uh, I think you know we don't do bad content-wise. People like to complain about some of the stuff we do, but each to their own. You Maybe know? we'll do another fake giveaway if we get enough votes. Exactly. If we if we get nominated, we'll do another giveaway. How about that? We'll call it. That'd do. Give away one of those like fluffy llamas, the swans do. <laughs> but there we go, I suppose. Cheers up for watching once again. Hopefully, we will be back within three weeks. You know, let's hope we can improve this upload schedule. And see you on the bet.